Eagles Entertainment. On Friday, June 3rd, special teams coordinator Michael Clay spoke to the media. How's everyone doing? How are you? No complaints. What made you confident enough not to make a punter change this offseason? Made me confident. Well, I mean, Howie, myself, and, and Nick, we do a we try to have as much communication on what's going on in terms of the whole roster in terms of going in. I mean, it's a very tough game of, all right, well, there's a 90-man roster. Who's out there? Is it going to really help our team get better in that sense? And I know, as I've probably pointed out a couple of times, everything's pointed out to the punter, the returner, um, and, it's so, and the kicker. And it doesn't really always have to do with Aaron. Aaron started off the year very well, and you guys – probably saw that as well and just like everything else in life there's ebbs and flows there's peaks and valleys and yes it's a production-based business I understand that we all understand the NFL he didn't have the greatest production in the last four games of the year some of it's situationally where the numbers don't show right but we still have immense confidence in Aaron not only from his punting standpoint because we still think he has a lot of talent in that leg and it's just him unlocking it not for a three-game stretch, but for an entire season stretch right there. But also, he does a lot in terms of the holding and the confidence that helps Jake. It's not just, you know, punters aren't just here just to punt the ball. They actually have to hold and help bring that confidence from both Rick and Jake. So there's a lot that goes into you don't want to have a, a wholesale change because now it affects not just one guy, but it also affects three other guys. So we still have some confidence. We still have confidence in Aaron to get the job done. And we've done some things in the offseason. He's changed his body, you know, to be, you know, stronger through the core and everything. So uh, we're going to still work with Aaron. He's still, you know, he's still very raw. So we're going to still work with him and, you know, hopefully get him more consistent and more confident as the season goes on to where he can be an asset like he is in the plus 50 area. We all know he's pretty dangerous in the plus 50 area. Now let's make it consistent from the 20 to the 40 to get, you know, help flip the field for our defense. What happened in that last game? We didn't talk to you afterwards. Uh, you wanted the hole or? Uh, oh, the punts. Yeah, I mean, the first one, I know we were in, you know, Tampa, Florida, but if you're on that field, I mean, 30 mile per hour winds, it's going to affect the drop. And as we were going into it, we wanted to get to as much comfortable situation, which is a drop punt you know, how he, how he drops the ball. If you turn it over, the wind's going to take it at some point. And when we went out there, we felt good. The wind had stopped, and it picked up as soon as that punt. And obviously not an excuse base, but just giving you guys the how it goes down. His drop falls outside, so the ball's going to fall outside. You know, after that first one, he settled down. He had very good punts going forward. There was good coverage from Josiah Scott, Zach McPherson right there. But it all had to happen on the, uh, on the drop on that first punt in Tampa Bay. The Dallas game, he just had a bad game. Let's just, it is what it is. He just had a bad game. He knows it. He was going to come back. We had a good week of practice right there. And just a bad drop with some wind that pushed it outside, it's going to happen. Mother Nature's undefeated. But he came back, did some good punts right there. We flipped the field a couple of times, a plus 50 again, inside the 10-yard line. So, again, Aaron's going to go through those growing pains. I'm going to go through those growing pains as a, a coordinator. But for him to come back and hit some good punts, some 50-yard punts inside the 10, I thought it was really good for him. Obviously, it wasn't the outcome we wanted against Tampa Bay in a playoff game, obviously, regardless of his punting or the entirety of the, um, the units right there. But we're going to, you know, it's last year. We're on to 2022 right there, and we're just trying to get better and better each day. When it comes to competition, Michael, what's your philosophy? Obviously, everybody's competing with people outside the building. You can bring somebody mm-hmm. any time. But to have somebody there every day, 
what's your feeling on that process of, of, of sort of somebody being in the room pushing you every single day? Yeah, uh, I've probably been around a couple of those punting competitions uh, in my career, and it all depends on what the whole situation is and what's available out there. You don't want to, you know, bring a guy in that may not have the experience, you know, as a veteran or something. Bring him in, and now you're you're burning a roster spot where, you know, if someone goes down with something, COVID, and you need the legs for everyone else, you don't want that roster spot not to be taken. And in terms of the, you know, you never know what's going to unfold from now till September. There may be some legs out there that we do want to bring in. But for right now, I think we're, con- we're you know, we're going to work with our three right now, get that confidence back up then. When we get more into training camp, we're always ha- – Howie has a great job of having a whole eye on the league right there. And if we have those conversations, we have those conversations. But for now, we're just going to keep working this group. Aaron building up his core strength, was that a recommendation from the coaching staff or did he do that on his own? A little bit of both. Um, you know, it's a long, te- you know, 20-game 20, 20 season. So, you know, you have to keep your body in, uh, in tip-top shape. And that's just going to help him um, just get better, you know, as a football player. You know, just better core strength. He's going to have, you know, greater longevity right there. But it was a discussion not like, hey, we got to do that. He, like, he saw it himself. He's very self-aware, which is great out of these three. Rick, Jake, and Aaron are very self-aware in what they do. So it was just me and him talking after the end of the year. He's doing a great job with it, and, you know, he's in, he's in very good shape right now. As long as an Olympic hurdler, like what kind of potential does Devin Allen have as, as a returner? Oh, as a returner? Um, you know, Devin hasn't played football since 2016, but we're excited to have that type of speed, really. Um, and obviously, Devin saw him, you know, playing in college, obviously, at Oregon. He was a very good, you know, receiver at Oregon, has, you know, top-end blazing speed. He is an Olympian athlete for a reason. Um, but we're excited, you know, to see him back on the football field. But it's just him getting back into football shape, one, so he doesn't get hurt. But we're going to try and untap some sort of potential that he may be holding back from, I'm not playing in a little bit. Has Braden Kobe gotten any reps at returner? I mean, there's a lot of people that got reps at returner. I mean, obviously the rules in OTAs and phase two are a little bit different, but we keep a, you know, a, a tally on all the catches, drops, and everything. There's just a lot that goes into it. And it's not just Britain. Um, there's everyone that we deem a returner. They're going to catch some balls from live leg, from a jug. And it's not just, I, you caught three balls, you're deemed our returner. You got to go through everything. You got to see the live bullets and everything. And, not taking away from anything from Britain. He had a very good career at Utah, but, you know, it's a little bit different in the NFL, so he's still got to get used to that. He's got to get used to guys running in his face right there. But so far, everyone that we've had catching balls off the jugs or Aaron's live leg have done an outstanding job so far, so we're just going to treat building that up. That Following up on that, uh, the two main uh, starters from that <clears throat> perspective last year with um, Kenny and uh, Jalen Rager, if those are – two guys that you retain as the two top guys in the next season will give you uh, confidence in, in both of those guys. I mean, it's just all going to be their, their work ethic and everything. And it's nothing to do with, you know, in terms of the kickoff return, that all falls on me. We were not very good at it. And that's me as a coach to get them, get our blocking scheme better in terms of that reason. In terms of our punt return, you know, I thought Jalen, for the most part, and obviously everyone saw the last game. It is what it is. He dropped two. But for the most part, he did a very good job of actually fielding the ball when he had to field the ball. Um, and he's just got to get better at being more consistent, you know, getting those 10 yards and, and getting down right there. But I think everyone that, 
you know, we work with, we're going to give 110% to get them better as they get going and get more confident right there. And it's not just them. Like, yeah, it's not just the returners, not the kicker and the punters, the other 10 guys that have to help. And it's the other three coaches, myself, Joe P., and Tyler, to have enough confidence to set up a very good scheme for them to get as many yards as possible and really help the team flip the field in any way we possibly can. Big picture for me is to keep getting, you know, just like anything else, the roster turns over. There's new guys right here um, that we got to get them caught up either from free agency or from the college ranks. For myself, it's just to be better than I was last year. You know, there was at times last year we were, we were we stepped up to the plate and we were good. There was times last year where we didn't play to our standards or I didn't coach up to my standards where I hold myself uh, accountable to. So it's one of those things where, you know, as soon as the season's over, you look back on everything. You just try to get better at everything you want to do, regardless of its field goals, field goal blocks. You know, it's myself raising my level of getting these guys better, and more consistent, and that's myself as well. And you know, taking criticism as I, the best I way, best way I can, rolling with it. You know, plucking things from different areas that um, guys have succeeded in the NFL. So it's just myself growing as a coordinator, and now just understanding more. You know. I've had a full year of now understanding these different personalities, so I know how to somewhat talk to them a little bit better, a little more fluidly, where they could hear it without just hearing some word jargon. So for myself, it's just getting better every day in terms of how can I make everybody else that I have an umbrella on better. So it's always a work in progress. And even for myself, I'm going back and watching stuff from 2015, 2014, when I was here with FIP, when we had some great success. What, what, why did we get to that, re, uh, that pinnacle of, you know, all those block punts, those returns. It's just, you know, you can never plateau yourself. I'm always going to dig back and try to get better myself. Michael, following up on that, uh, as a collective, you guys are all together now for a year two. How much more comfortable as a group do you feel? And what kind of advantages, if any, does that give your coaching staff? Uh, I think, you know, what really helps us is the communication and, you know, the different types of words we use. Like, I don't have to start from ground zero like there's already a foundation built if I say something one time everybody outside of the rookies have heard it before so now it's almost an accelerated program where we could really dive into more um, specific details on how to get better so I think that's going to help not just myself but probably everybody else in the building you know being the second year same staff um, so I think it's in terms of that the communication is going to be a lot easier and we can hit things a lot faster and be more confident in it we're still going to try to keep it as simple so they can play fast. But there's, there's little things where I could talk to, you know, Sean Bradley now. We saw he had a very good year last year. You know, something different where he's like, all right, I get it now, where we were still figuring it out last year. Tyron Johnson comes in with a reputation for playing well in special mm -hmm. teams at Kansas. Um, and what makes him good, and how, how can he uh, kind of help this, this team? Well? Yeah, Kyron had a very good career, not just in special teams, but as a, a rusher, linebacker at Kansas. You can't take anything away from him from that. I mean, if you get a guy that's, you know, 235 that runs a 4-4, 4-3-9, I mean, that's going to help out regardless in anything you do. But, he, you know, he's like an old soul. He wants to learn. He's open. He's wide-eyed. He wants to get better and everything. He wants to, you know, test the veterans a little bit like that, which is also great. But it's also him just understanding you've got all these great athletic talents. Let's take these great athletic talents and put them towards, you know, you see this type of block, you can beat it this way. And it's no different than him seeing, you know, 
a tackle uh, going down or a tackle that opens up his hips and you can beat him off the edge right there. It's just little things where I could, you know, get him to play even faster. But that 4-4 speed that he has, I mean, you can't teach speed. So that's something you tra- transfer that from speed to power. And, um, and he has a good group to learn from. I mean, he's got Sean Bradley, TJ Edwards, um, Davion, Patrick Johnson, who played a lot as a rookie. So there's a lot of guys that were in his shoes a year or two years ago that could help him grow and, you know, kind of speed up the process. And circling back to Jalen, I think he said it is what it is regarding the playoff game. Um, that part of punt returning seems to have very little margin for error, right? Yeah. What's your level of tolerance when it comes to looking at what he can do with the ball in his hands compared to catching the ball? Yeah. Um, in terms of the level of tolerance, like yanking him or something? Yeah. I, I mean, him being the top option. Oh. Spot given. Yeah. I, I, okay. I understand it now. You know, last year, Jalen showed to me, in regards if it's right, wrong, or indifferent, that he was able to catch the ball at a very highly consistent rate. You know, he had two in the Tampa Bay game and the one in the New York Jets game, which he made a heck of a play, picked it up, and got 20 yards out of it. But, you know, it takes a lot of courage for punt returners back there to stay back there knowing there's a guy, two guys flying at you to stay calm and catch the ball right there. So I thought Jalen did actually a very good job. Obviously, no, no one you'd be hard-pressed to find someone in the NFL that doesn't muff the ball once or twice. Even, you know, Braxton Berrios, who was an all-pro, probably comes under like, oh, I got my muff, I got to get on it. But it's just one of those understands like, we want him to be aggressive, but you also got to understand what the scenario is. If we're in a rush, you don't have as much protection. If there's a six box, all right, take your time, catch the ball and see what you can get, what you can and cannot do. And, you know, after the, the bye week, I kind of did a own self-dive on what made Jalen good. And we kind of tweaked it to him. And you saw a little bit more 13-yard returns, 14-yard returns, getting those first downs and, and first down and a half to help flip the field, I think it's going to be what's going to be huge for him, obviously, with catching the ball. And, you know, our number one rule is give the ball to the offense. Defense did their job, give the ball to the offense right there. So it's not, you know, a confidence-waving factor. It's just we got to get him going again like he was last year, being confident, catching everything, then getting up the field, making one guy miss, then understanding, all right, there's nothing else, let me get down. I'll take 11 yards. I'll take 10 yards. Those little cuts, then you'll get those big returns right there like he did in the Giants game where it's a 12-yard, 11-yard, then boom, he hits a 35-yard of the balls at the 23-yard line. Michael, there are, there are outlier coaches at certain levels, different levels of football who say it's ridiculous to put a punt returner back there. You know, the offense is giving your team the ball just to take it. Why risk a muff, a fumble, a negative play? Do you see any creeds to that? I mean, I'm... Pretty sure y'all will be the first ones to come at me if they hit a 40-yard ball and it rolls 35 yards. Now the Dolphins at the 15-yard line. Um, yeah, I, I never really thought of it that way, but obviously, you know, there's some guys where you know sometimes you got a couple tight ends that are trying to go and cover, and they're trying to tackle Darren Sproles. I'll take my role. I'll take my money on Darren Sproles making those two miss, or Jalen Rager making those two miss. Where now that 42-yard punt turns into a touchdown, or a 45-yard return, now it's a negative three net. So I think, I mean, I guess you could put any analytics out there, but I guess that would be my own thought process behind it. Michael, uh, what what is this time of year like for you? Because you have a 90-man roster, obviously, and it's eventually going to go down to 53. A lot of your job is dependent on that back end of the roster. You don't necessarily know who's going to be there just yet. So what's the focus for you sort of at this time of the year? For me, is to keep everybody that, you know, 
everyone's included on special teams. No one's excluded. That's my message. So regardless if you're the number one, number two wide receiver, if, you know, regardless of how it pans out, I'm going to go out there myself, Joe Panunzio and Tyler Brown, and we're going to go out there and coach everyone as hard as we possibly can, regardless of where they're standing, whether you're the 90th man or you're the 10th man on the roster. And that's just getting to know these guys and getting these guys ready for the September the October, the November, those long uh, hauls right there. So that's what I try to do, especially in these OTA, OSP practices. Yes, they're weightlifting. Yes, they've got, you know, out meetings with offense and defense. But as myself, you know, sitting in on some of these meetings and understanding, you know, what they're going through right there, then getting them to play collectively as a group and getting them to, you know, for our special teams period to go hard, 10 minutes. After that, it's O&D. You won't hear from me the rest of the time of practice. But just getting these guys to, one, trust me as a coach, because if they don't trust me, they're not going to give me anybody 100% every plan. So if I get them to trust me, they'll go 100% every time I ask them, hey, I need you for one play. It's not going to bat an eye or a scoff. It's like, I got you. You know, that's one of those things, just building those, those trust factors. And like Coach Sirianni says, you know, connecting with these guys. You know, special teams has the luxury of not just dealing with seven to ten guys you get to deal with all 90 whether it's Jalen Hurts or Brett Toth like you get to deal with these guys because at some point there may be a situation where it's a hurricane situation where Jalen you have to run off the field and we're well old machine like that or Brett I need you as an end on on field goal and I know he's going to be able to do that so it's just connecting with these guys and you know getting their trust factor and understanding I mean these guys they do everything else like everybody else they're you know, everyday people as well outside of this building, just understanding, like, hey, how's your fam doing? Just getting to know these guys more than anything else. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. For more Eagles news and exclusive interviews, be sure to subscribe to all of our Eagles original podcasts, including Eagles Update, Eagles Insider, and Eagle Eye in the Sky.